0: You're listening to the Hustler Hot Seed Podcast, episode number 27. In this episode, I sat down with Lisa Oaken, who is a total badass of a woman. Every single minute of this episode is fire, and Lisa has the words and the wisdom to inspire, motivate, and just encourage you to take the leap. Lisa is a mortgage agent here in Toronto, Ontario, but prior to this, she worked nine to five in the not-for-profit sector. When something unexpected happened in her previous job, she was kind of forced into taking a drastic change in her career. So she did, and she's never been happier. Lisa's story is a prime example of how everything happens for a reason, and how unexpected things can push you into something incredible. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode and really hear about the wisdom that Lisa is able to share. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to let Lisa tell you everything for herself. Go ahead and give this one a listen. You're listening to The Hustler Hot Seat, and I'm your host, Kirsten Perry. I help young entrepreneurs turn their passions into profit-building businesses. From marketing for your niche to partnering with your ideal clients, I'm here to help, and so are some of my fellow entrepreneurs. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax, worry about the hustle later, and let's get to it. Hi Lisa and welcome to the Hustler Hot Seat podcast. I'm super excited to have you on to talk to the audience today all about your story. Um, So why don't we just jump right in and have you tell us all about you.
1: Okay well you know it's so funny I knew that you were going to ask me to talk about myself and I was like what do I even want to say? Because I don't ever want to define myself by my job or by the fact that I'm A mom which is usually kind of what I'd open with was like you know I'm a mortgage agent I'm also a mom but you know I'm I'm also Lisa beyond those things so um, yeah a bit about me is I I'm 38 years old I live in Toronto I have lots of interests outside of my work and home life I do acro balance classes I used to do circus quite a bit Um, I love like healthful living and art and food and um, creative people and awesome people Um, so that's kind of who i am outside of my professional life and my home life i'm also um, i'm a mortgage agent i've been doing mortgages for uh three years now and i actually love what I'm doing which was a surprise to me when I started doing it that I would actually enjoy it as much as I do because um, I used to work in the not-for-profit sector and in international development I lived overseas for quite a few years in a few different countries in Africa and I loved that work um, but it actually didn't suit me as an individual even though I believed in the causes so what I do now actually suits me much better and I'm much much happier in my life than I was in my previous career.
0: Good. Yeah. Good. That's so important to find the thing that really feels right for you.
1: Yes, absolutely. And
0: sometimes when you think you've found it, you realize that it's not actually what's right for you and you have to kind of make that shift.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um so for the listeners, can you just explain what a mortgage agent does?
1: Sure. Uh, so for me, I don't work for a bank or a lender. I I'm independent. So okay. I work for my clients. So when someone comes to me and they need to organize a mortgage for themselves because they're looking thinking about buying a house or sometimes people have a house, but they need help with their existing mortgage. I help them with that. So I take some time to understand who they are, what they're looking to do um, with their mortgage. I collect a lot of information from people about, their income, about their debts, about how much money they have saved for down payment. I kind of put that all together and I let them know what would be affordable for them. And I just work through the process with them, um, either buying or refinancing. And then when the time comes, I can match them up with a product and a lender that's suitable for them, but I'm not working for the lender, I'm working for the client. So, nice. you know, I can I can put them anywhere and I'm really just trying to find the one that's the right fit for the client. Um, and that's that's what I do now. That's what a Good. Does. Yes. what
0: So it sounds like you spend a lot of your time building relationships and connections
1: with people. Totally. And that is one of the things that I actually love about this job is that, um, you know, I love meeting new people. And mm-hmm. this gives me the opportunity to meet a lot of new people. Um, and I feel like I'm helping them in a very tangible way. Whereas nice. when I worked in the not-for-profit sector, I was quite disconnected from the people I was supposedly helping mm-hmm. um, there was there was a lot of layers between us whereas right now it's very direct it's kind of like you've got a problem I'm going to help you find the solution yeah um, and so I feel like I'm helping people in a really tangible way uh, in a really direct way um, I, which love I I love yeah
0: I love that. Can you maybe talk about your transition from the not-for-profit to what you're doing now and what kind of like sparked that transition?
1: Yeah, so uh, like I said, I worked in international development for quite a few years and I did like that work and I really liked living abroad, but I also felt that it was time for me to come home because, you know, I I just didn't see myself living as a foreigner for the rest of my life. Um, And there's a very transient aspect to living overseas or people are always coming and going and I just wanted some stability So I came back to Canada and I did get a job also in the not-for-profit sector, but it never really resonated with me Um, And I was there for a very long time. I was at that job for seven years and pretty much unhappy for basically the whole time but I kept trying to like convince myself that it was good for different reasons and You know life was happening around me and so i was kind of just chugging along um but the thing about not-for-profits is they are very much reliant on outside funding obviously and it just so happened that the organization i was working for didn't get some money that they were expecting and so my position had to be eliminated
0: um
1: which was a which was a big surprise to me but also ended up being probably the best thing that could have happened to me because i knew how unhappy i was there yeah and i I hope that I would have taken the leap, even if they hadn't pushed me out the door, but being forced to do it <laughs> yeah. really helped me. Yeah. And also, I was lucky because I got laid off, I got severance. So right. I got, I had some paid time to figure out what I wanted to do, which took a right. lot of the stress off of me. Of course. And, uh, you know, I just decided to really take some time and figure out what, what is it that I want to do? And I was lucky. I got um, to work with a few different coaches who were helping me, uh, you know, to, to figure out what I wanted. It became clear to me that I needed to be self-employed, that working in mm-hmm. a nine-to-five just was not my thing, no matter what. Um, and so I was looking at different options, and I wanted to do something really completely different from what I had done before. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about was becoming a home appraiser because I was like, you know, I like houses, and I'm, I'm into renovations, and I've done a lot myself, and I was like, I could probably like that. Yeah. And I called... Um, the mortgage broker who did my mortgage and I <laughs> okay. asked him, you know, what do you think of this idea? And he was like, Well, you know, they don't get paid a lot and you have to take a lot of courses and da 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 but he's like, what about becoming a mortgage broker? What do you think of that? Like you could come and work for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, I could think about that. <laughs> and I thought about that and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. <laughs> nice. And um I So I took the course, got licensed, and then I just dove right in. And I actually, I love it for so many reasons, not just because it has a very personal aspect to it, which I like a lot, but I actually feel very creative in this job, which Good. most people wouldn't think that a mortgage agent is a creative kind of a job, but it is because I... If I have an idea of something I want to do, I just action it. I don't need to ask permission and wait and then write a thing. And then my boss says no. And we revisit in six months. I just go ahead and do it. So that's actually been very, very empowering and a really creative process for me that, you know, I I leave meetings or if I do a talk or something, I leave feeling very energized because I feel like I'm really doing something. and, you know, and if it doesn't work, it's okay. I just move on and I try another idea. So mm-hmm. I, I'm never bored. Uh, I don't feel like I'm stagnating. You know, I've, I've had to learn a lot about mortgages and how the business works, which is also, you know, having all these learning opportunities is also really energizing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, like I can say, like, I love it. I'm 100% happier than I was in the job that I thought that I wanted.
0: Isn't that crazy how that yeah. happens? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> I, I love your energy. I love everything about you. It's you're saying things that like I feel and this whole concept of feeling like you're stuck in a job because life is happening around you, that's like my biggest fear. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna get to a point where I'm in a job and I feel like I'm stuck because like maybe we're my partner and I were relying on my income or I have a family or it's just not the right time. Totally. Honestly, like, I don't think it's ever going to feel like the right time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had all those concerns because I had, when I got laid off, I I had already bought a house. So we had a mortgage to pay. I had a child. Um, and so I, and I, I was concerned about money. But ultimately, you know, now my income comes up and down, right? I don't have anything steady. Um, but I'm, I'm so much happier. And I think if I had just listened to myself and really recognized it, I, I would, I could have been happier sooner. You know what I mean? Like when I started doing this, I was like, Oh, I wish I had done this five years ago. Um, because yeah, it's always tough to start, but ultimately it's worth it. Um, do you,
0: do you have any advice for maybe people that are in the same position that you were that are married or like, and they have a family or maybe they're a single parent and they Mm want to make the transition, but they're fearful of, I guess, shit hitting the fan.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm really happy that I did do this and have had a total career change, Mm -hmm. you know, partway through my, my working life.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in, in part because now I can tell my kids that this is possible, right? Like my, you know, my parents never did this. They chose their jobs and then they did them for like, however many years until they retired, right? So, you know, we're talking like 40 some years of of what the same work. So for them, they couldn't really advise me on things that could be possible. But I I think I'm going to be able to tell my kids like, you can try something else. Um, And if it doesn't work, it's okay, because you'll try something else again, you know, and um, it is, I mean, money has been, I think, the most stressful part um so you know i think for people who are looking to to make a leap to like try and save and make sure you've got a bit of a cushion to rely on that's you know going to help um but ultimately you know like your mental health and your happiness is 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 going to be more important than having a paycheck every two weeks um and i think that there's ways for people to do it you know i've definitely heard of people who start doing something part time as they're working. And then as their side hustle kind of ramps up, then they're able to leave their full time job. But I think at some point, you kind of just have to take the leap and know that like, you know, things are going to be tight for a little while. But if you keep at it, it's going to work. And trust the process. Yes. Because I,
0: I have this firm belief that if you're putting positive energy into something, that positive energy is going to be reciprocated. So if you're putting yourself out there and you're like, I want to do this, I'm going to put my all into it, the universe will make it happen.
1: I totally agree. When I started doing this, I realized that there's just three things that I need to make it work. One was being positive, just staying positive. One was persevering, so keeping at it, and then patience because it's not going to happen overnight, right? Like if anyone thinks it's going to be easy and things are just going to fall into your lap, they're not, no matter what you're starting. But I think if you've got those three things, if you're positive, patient, and you persevere, then you're gonna, it's going to be good and it's going to happen.
0: I love that. The the patience one for me at the beginning when I first started, my entrepreneurship journey was the hardest, I would mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. because I looked at all these people around me that were entrepreneurs and they seemed to have it all figured out. So I'm like, why am I not figuring it out? Why is it not happening for me right now? Yeah. And it's because it's going to happen for you when it's supposed to happen for you. Yeah. And you and just how, have to trust that.
1: Totally. And how things look to you from the outside <laughs> are completely different to what that person is living as well yeah. right you know you might look at someone being like oh my god they're killing it and it's easy for them but it's not easy nothing worth having comes easily that's another thing that I've learned um, yeah but if you, like I mean the other thing is is like you know I've enjoyed the process You know, I haven't enjoyed obviously worrying about whether or not I can pay my mortgage but I have enjoyed the process of learning and growing and building it and so, you know, when people, you know, when, you know, one of the conversations I had with my broker when I first started was like, he was like, you know, I'm not going to feed you leads. Like, he was like, it's really all up to you. He was like, you you eat what you kill kind of thing. And but that never scared me. That always felt like an opportunity because I was like, yeah, it's all up to me. You know what I mean? Like, I I decide how this goes. <laughs> so. Um, so that was, that was, al- that's always been a good thing to me.
0: I can totally relate to that because I am someone who likes control. So when I feel like I'm entirely in charge of a project or the outcome, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. let me add it. Let me prove to you I can do this. Yeah. It's almost like a little game. Yeah. Like with yourself.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's so satisfying when the results do come mm-hmm. in because mm-hmm. you're, you're just like, I did this. Yeah, and it feels feels so right. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing I'll say is, as a self-employed person, getting paid now is like winning the lottery every (laughs) time. Every time. I'm like, I got paid! (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I have the same
0: feeling. I'm like, wow. Because those are the results of your labor. And as someone who's self-employed, it's not 9 to 5, go home, not think about work. Yeah. It's work's always on your mind because it's your baby.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And you want to see that payoff, obviously, because you're spending all this time and energy and you hope to get that reciprocated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it is, you know, it, like it does, it is hard when things aren't working out. But, you know, I kind of have to remind myself that it's, it's just a roller coaster, right? Like you go, if you have a down, then you're going to have an up. So, um, and I always try to tell myself, okay, like if I'm in a bit of a lull, I've got all these other projects that I want to get going on that are not kind of on my business, but in my business, you know, or on my business, not in my business, you know, so it's like, I've got all these other things that I need to do um, in order to like, keep people calling. So, yeah. So when you
0: made the transition, was there anybody in your life that kind of inspired you or supported you in helping make that transition?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, my husband was very, very supportive, which I'm really grateful for because I have spoken with other women who have tried to make a leap and didn't have a supportive spouse. Um, and that is really hard when you've got someone bugging you, being like, this isn't working. This isn't working. You need to go back to your nine to five kind of a thing. That would really be quite demoralizing. But when I came home, I told my husband, I was like, I got laid off he just hugged me and he said this is a good thing you know he he was happy for me he was That's like so good. he was like this is a good thing this is a good thing and you know he wanted me he wanted me to do something different he was like you have been so unhappy in this job for so long and you need to try and do something different um, so he was definitely one huge support and then i was also lucky because i was laid off i got this kind of outplacement counseling that was also covered by my former employer and I got to work with a coach who helps people start businesses because I had a few different ideas of things I might want to do so he was really supportive he you know he showed me how to write a business plan he helped me with some planning tools he, like we talked a lot about you know new businesses and why they fail and um, what people can do in order to prepare um, but he also really helped me because, you know, bef- right before I decided to become a mortgage agent, I was actually offered a contract with the government, the Ontario government, doing um, work similar to what I did in the not-for-profit sector. And I was not excited about it at all, but I felt like I had to take it for- because of the money. and. Right before, so this woman wanted me to start and I was, I kept trying to delay the start date and she kept trying to push it up. So we were kind of like in this negotiation and finally we landed on a date and it was kind of like a week away or a week and a half away. And I was... I was like oh my god i'm gonna to have to start packing a lunch again and just thinking that threw me into like a crisis because i was like i hate packing lunch i don't want to pack lunch anymore this was like one of my things i hate carrying food around so i called my coach and i was like i'm having this crisis i feel like i have to take this job i don't want to take this job and he said, Look, if you're thinking about becoming self employed, you need now is the time for you to take that leap because you have you have some severance money. He was like, In eight months time, when your contract is over, it's going to be even harder because you won't have the severance money. So, you know, if you're thinking about doing it, do it now. And his support in that moment really showed me like, Okay, yes, I have to do this. I, I I'm so I'm so unhappy even thinking about just packing a lunch and going back to nine to fiving that Yeah. I can't.
0: (laughs) I get that. Mm -hmm. And I think like growing up, so I'm 24. And from the moment I started university to even now, anytime my family members say, oh, get a government job, get a government job. I'm like, I don't want a government job. Like, it seems like this end all be all. And people think that money is everything. And it's not.
1: It's not. I mean, it is important and it's become more important to me as I've gotten older and I, you know, once I got the house and the family, money did become more important to me. I used to work, I did also have a job working for the government, for the federal government in between my stints in in Africa and I hated it. I was so unhappy and we called it the golden handcuffs because it's like everything's good here you know yeah. like it, it's, it's pretty nice and you just need to ride it out until you retire and then but I was like i was like i couldn't work terrible. in this building for 30 years like i was like that will that will be awful so um i mean money is important it is a factor i think because all i want i don't want to make a ton of money i just want to not stress about money and so that's you know that's that's kind of what i say now is like even if i had a lot a lot of money i wouldn't change how i live I just wouldn't stress about money. And so I think, like, yeah, like, if you can have a job where you don't stress about money, then that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, In your intake form, you talked about the concept of being a master of your domain.
1: Mm -hmm. Can you, like, maybe explain that a little bit more and, like, elaborate? Sure. I mean, what I meant by that is, well, number one, I own LisaOken.com. So I am literally the master of my domain name. Um, but also it's just the idea that I talked about before is like, it's all up to me and I can decide anything that I want to do. You know, like I, I do work for a broker. So he's, but he doesn't tell me what to do. He doesn't tell me how to run my business. He doesn't feed me leads. He's there as a support for me if I have questions, um, but he's not telling me what to do. He doesn't tell any of us in our team what to do we're all in charge of our own businesses and however we wanna run them. You know, what he said is, he's like, I'm not gonna charge you, like I don't pay desk fees or anything like that. Um, He just said, like, if you don't make any money, you don't make any money, (laughs) that's how it is. It's on you. Yeah, it's it's all on me. So, you know, I feel like I've been able to do a lot of things that have been really interesting in terms of networking, meeting good people, sitting down with them and brainstorming, like how can we work together you know, our businesses are complementary. How can we support each other? Uh, I've been really lucky like, to do quite a few talks that have been really well attended. Um, and so, yeah, like any ideas that I have, I just execute on them. Um, I don't wait around, you know, for permission or whatever. I just kind of, I just plan it out and do it. And that's, that's all up to me. So that's what I mean by being master of my domain. I love that. I
0: think that that's something I'm obviously striving for too. And there's a lot of people out there that want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're struggling to find a way to get there.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said before, if I if I could have talked to myself five years ago even and said, You're gonna be a mortgage agent and you're really gonna like it, I would have been like, You're crazy future, Lisa. <laughs> but it's you know, one of the things I realized about myself is the actual work that I'm doing is not what defines me. It's how I do the work. And having that access to that freedom and creativity, that is what makes me really happy. And so I think finding that thing that allows you to have the life you want, not the job you want, that is you know, that is the advice that I wish I could go back and give my teenage self is like, think about the life you want, not the job you want. Because I think, you know, in high school and in university, you're so funneled towards like, thinking about a job and your career. And it's like, actually, there's a lot of life that happens outside of your work. And what can you do to facilitate that life for yourself?
0: I think it actually stems, like, back into kindergarten. When they ask you, like, what do you want to be when you get older? Yeah, it's true. So I would like to be a strong, independent woman yeah. that uh, is passionate. And, like, they don't tell you to say that. They're like, are you going to be a doctor? Are you yeah. going to be a teacher? Yeah. And it's that crazy concept of being on a timeline that's mm-hmm. predetermined by society to get into a job, stay in it till you retire, and then ta-da like that's the end (laughs) yeah
1: exactly so yeah I mean you know life is a journey and um, I don't think we can ever like fault our past selves for the decisions we make we can only like learn from them and do things differently going forward for sure yeah so
0: there's this quote that says if you're not spending five hours a week learning you're not growing Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious to know what ways you ensure that you're continuing your
1: education and you're growing like every single day. Well, I want like what, like I said, one of the things I really like about what I'm doing now is I feel like I'm learning all the time. Um, so, I mean, for instance, I did have a very steep learning curve when I started learning about mortgages and how to, to put one together. So that was great because that was a very big learning opportunity. And I mean, the mortgage industry is actually ever changing. The guidelines are always changing, you know, like the government will pass some legislation which changes our rules, the lenders will change the rules. So it, it really is always in motion. So just on the mortgage side, there's lots of opportunities for learning. There's continuous learning o- over there because the rules keep changing. So that's one way I think that I'm always learning. But also, you know, in running my business and trying different things and seeing what works, those are all learnings as well. Um, and I, I'm very reflective. I'm always looking at some, you know, at what's happened. And, and I just, I'm always asking myself like, okay, what could I have done differently? What, what would I do next time that I wanna remember um, from this? Like, what's the lesson here? I always ask myself that, like, what's the lesson here? Um, you know, there's a quote that I learned a long time ago, which is when you lose, don't lose the lesson. So, if something's gone wrong, that's okay that's fine, not to hold on to that for too long, but also to like take the lesson out of that, whatever it was, um, so that you you are always learning.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, and I think that that's something that I try to kind of communicate with people all the time is that there's always opportunities to learn, and yes. that you can't really be scared of failure because it teaches you so many different things. And I did a podcast episode, I want to say when I first started in February, about how I've had like 14 different jobs. Mm -hmm. And I never thought that like I failed at each job. Mm -hmm. I just kind of outgrew it. And then when I would do something and maybe it would fail, like that's just an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. So people are always fearful of like, well, what if I fail? I'm like, you will it's yeah. going to happen and yeah. then you're going to embrace it and you're going to learn from it and you're going to do something different next time
1: yeah and it's just yeah those continuous opportunities for learning and i think that is one of the ways that to make like fail failure if you want to call it that a, a positive thing because it's always an opportunity to learn something and do something different the next time
0: yeah So the podcast is obviously called The Hustler Hot Seat, and I'm just curious how you would define the term hustle.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's funny because I feel like I am a natural hustler, which is like the hustle comes really naturally to me, and I really like it. So I mean, I think a hustler is someone who's, you know, getting out there, doing it every day um, and, and being positive about it. You know, it was funny cause like when I first started doing this, I went to a lot of networking events. And once a friend asked me, they're like, she's like, yeah, do you like that? And I was like, yeah, I like that. I like meeting new people. And she's like, well, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but that is what I'm doing. I'm just going out and meeting people. And that's nice. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm pretty, I would say in terms of being a hustler, like I'm pretty scrappy. I, I never, I don't really take no for an answer unless someone has really firmly said no um, but I I'm very persistent about trying things again and again following up with people kind of you know making sure that I've left no stone unturned um, and so yeah I think just like getting out there putting yourself out there too like that that was another thing like when I first started I really had to take a lot of deep breaths and be like okay you can do this, you know, like with all and, you know, because I did cold calling, I did door knocking and I had people, I had people like literally slam a door in my face. And I just had to keep going. So it, it's just like a, a matter of like trying and trying and figuring out what works and reassessing and doing it over and over. Um, and I think, yeah, like, you know, that's that's to me what the hustle is.
0: Yeah, I think the it's crazy, and I don't know if it's, like, like a, a generational thing, but for me, someone who spends all... Like, I spend all of my time on the internet, mm-hmm. and I grew up interacting with people on the internet. Mm-hmm. So going to networking events is not my strong suit, even though I'm quite the extrovert. Mm-hmm. Like, I get super anxious about going out and meeting people in person because I'm like, I can't... Like, I can't filter this. Like, what they see is what they get. and right. It's kind of, like... A crappy mentality to have but I guess because of how I grew up always being online Mm -hmm. that's that's a little bit harder for me so I feel like I have to give myself a little extra pep talk to be like okay Kirsten people like you because you are who you are online in person stop freaking
1: out it's fine (laughs) it's hard it is hard to kind of dive into those events and I definitely have to take a big breath before I do it too um, you know, I think most people probably feel the same way as we do before we get into those things. Um, one of the things though, that's interesting because I actually realized that I'm actually an introvert. I'm, I'm maybe I'm an extroverted introvert. So like, I am very like friendly. I like meeting people, but it does cause me a little bit of an internal reaction, which is a stressful one. Um, so I think recognizing that is, is really helpful and knowing that I'm an introvert, my strong suit is going to be connecting with people one-on-one, right? So not like, I do do big presentations, but I'm not the person who would like go out to a party after a big presentation, because after a big presentation, I need some time to like decompress. Like if I go to a networking event, I need to be alone after, because I just need to like recharge. Um, So I think like knowing yourself and, and what your strengths are and what you need is gonna help with, with, with those kinds of things as well. Very true, very mm-hmm. true.
0: Um, the term for an extroverted introvert is an ambivert. Oh. So there is a term <laughs> for that. You're not like caught in the middle. I'm an ambivert. <laughs> so um, at the end of every episode, I do this thing called the rapid fire five, mm-hmm. and it's five questions really fast. You just give me the first answer that comes to your mind. Okay. So number one, your biggest pet
1: peeve. Negativity.
0: What color represents you? Rainbow. (laughs) Cheater. (laughs) Your favorite season? Summer. Mm. (laughs) The, The best book that you've ever read?
1: Oh my God, that's a tough one. The best book I've ever read? Harry Potter? (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, cool. I like that. I can appreciate that. And the best advice you've ever received.
1: Mm, that's also tough. Uh, God, I've, I've gotten a lot of good advice. It, it, it's hard to say. I think. Oh, my God. I wish I had a nice quote to just like wrap this all up. Say, <laughs> no worries. I, what,
0: like maybe even advice like your best
1: advice that you could ever give somebody my best advice that I could ever give somebody is that nothing comes easy, but things worth having come after hard work. So good. Beautiful. um, Yeah.
0: So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Lisa, your story is going to inspire so many people and, um, just kind of before we end off here, why don't you let people know where they can find you online or how they can get in contact with you after they listen to the episode?
1: Sure, that's great. My e- website is my name, lisaokun.com, lisaokun.com. So you can find me there and that has links to my business Facebook page. It's got my email on there, my phone number, everything. So lisaokun.com is the best way to find me.
0: Perfect. Okay, Lisa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for the opportunity. This is really nice. Thank you so much. Of course.